It's not always natural. It's natural sometimes, right? With some schools and some coaches. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we, we've thrown the Marcus Freeman situation at Notre Dame out there quite a bit that there, there isn't the same amount as he put it, which who was that, by the way? Josh Pate. 24-7 sports. Uh, Josh Pate. Play a lot of him on the show. Called it skepticism, um, which, you know, hey, I can understand, but, well, you know, one of the things that I've, I've just tried to clarify is keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. If you're going to be skeptical about Brent Venables at Oklahoma, who, by the way, has won three national championships – at two different schools and coached for three Hall of Famers and been doing it a long, long time and has constantly been at the top whenever it comes to defense. Like If you're going to have skepticism there, well, <laughs> I mean, the skepticism should apply uh, to a guy like Marcus Freeman. And, you know, the situations are different. The schools are different. The rosters are different. The schedules are different. I understand that, but – it just seems like there is, I agree, a healthy amount of skepticism, but I feel like there's a maybe, a, I'd call it an overwhelming amount of skepticism. But at the end of the day, who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what everyone out there thinks of Oklahoma. I just get annoyed with it because there's this constant narrative that you know, Venables, I don't know, is he going to be – he's just a coordinator. Is he going to yeah. be able to to do what Lincoln Riley did, who, by the way, was just a coordinator whenever he took over. And that's where the opinion ends, right? There's no – you know, if there were some real opinions in it, then fine, man. If there was some research that was done, some conversations that was had, some legitimate worries that were out there, legitimate questions outside of, well, he's never been a head coach before, I'll at least listen to those. We'll at least discuss those. But for everyone out there that is seriously doubting this hire, they all have the same reason. It's groupthink. Well, we just don't know. I mean, he's never been a head coach before. He's just been a defensive coordinator. Find I mean, me. That, that's, that's, that's crap. Find me a find me a a player, a former player, a, a coach again in you know a, in a in a conference, an opposing coach, a coach that's coached with him. Find me someone who says that you know I don't know I don't know if Venable's going to be able to do it at Oklahoma, and then I would say okay there you've got a reason to be skeptical, but. You know, and maybe it's just been selective by me, but everyone that I've seen in the industry that's been asked about Brent Venables at Oklahoma, and they say that it's an excellent hire and he's going to do fantastic. But whatever, uh, we, we can all we can all laugh at him after they're all wrong, and I don't think it's going to take uh, take us very long to uh, you know to show them that they're wrong. It, it's going to help if OU outplays the quarterback, the opposing quarterback, more than uh, half of the games this year. Because I was just laying it out to you last segment that, you know, Tulane's quarterback outplayed Spencer Rattler big time last year. Adrian Martinez outplayed Rattler big time last year. Uh, What do you mean big time? I'm just going by the numbers here, but by the stat sheet, 
Adrian Martinez outplayed uh, Spencer Rattler. Let's see. Michael Pratt was of Tulane, 27 of 44 for 296, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also had 62 rushing yards as well. Rattler was 30 of 39 for 304, one touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah. Good with that? Yeah. The, yes. the, the real interesting one. And I, I could go back and look at Adrian Martinez's numbers. They were better than Rattler's. But the Iowa State game, a game that you won, and Purdy had, you know, another incredible turnover that really swung the game and OU's momentum. <laughs> but he was 30 of 41 for 281, one touchdown, one interception. Caleb Williams was 8 of 18 for 87 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And I mean, uh, I, who, who outplayed who that day? I, the, I don't know. The difference in that game was. The long touchdown run by Caleb Williams. Yeah, and that was kind of a that was a busted play, right? It was a busted play, um, and I, I, he was supposed to do something totally different. But you know, you can't you can't take that like away from him. Good players are gonna, you know, make good things out of bad situations, and he did exactly that. But it, it's a dangerous way to live, and. That proved itself out later, but yeah, the uh, the thick six uh, there by Redmond in what that was right before halftime, right as yeah. they ran in for halftime, like that was end up being the deciding factor in the football game. But again, it's you know the fourth quarter is whenever things just start to go wrong for Oklahoma. The offense gets stagnant, uh, the defense can't get stops. Uh, we get tired. We get maybe a little bit panicked, and you know the right there in the fourth quarter when you're supposed to be owning people's. Whenever everyone's starting to climb back on you. So yeah, all that to say, don't think that they're going to get outplayed in half of the games by the opposing quarterback this year. Probably going to go a long way. We have just you know tiny things. That's going to go a long way. That's one of them. I, you know, I, I can't outright prove that. That's more of a feel by me. But we think that they're going to be better on the O-line. That's going to make a massive difference. We think that they're going to tackle better. That's going to make a massive difference. I think that they're going to be in better shape. I think that could make a massive difference in the second half. So, Yeah, just some bigger, uh, faster, stronger. Yeah, some fundamental changes I think is you know going to work out really well for this team. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. The offensive line is such an interesting it's it's an interesting question because I I feel like last year was maybe a more talented offensive line and I still feel like this year's offensive line has a chance to be better. They just they never got in a groove. They never really clicked together as a unit last season for whatever reason. It was, you know, four guys would lock down their spot and, you know, the right tackle would miss a block. And then the next play or the next series, four guys would do it and then it would be the left guard. And everyone just kind of took their turns getting beat at random spots and it just – it never really got in sync. I My hope is – and I feel good about it that this year's group gets in sync and and has a a better group effort because overall, just straight up talent wise, and and maybe this I'll change my opinion on this before I 
I don't know how much more talented they are. Now, some of the guys, as you pointed out, are going to be bigger, faster, stronger, in better shape, and that's going to help uh, you know, right away, right out of the gate. Yeah. Can I test your memory here? That's always a fun exercise for me to do. Impromptu uh, memory test. Mm-hmm. I, uh, what I did is I assembled a list of three random games during your uh, playing career at OU. Three okay. random games. Three uh, random okay. games. Three random games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and I'll even give you a hint. I all three of these games are o one to o three. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to give you three separate clues on all of these games, and I want to see if you can nail down any one of the three. The okay. over under I have is one and a half. And text line, you oh, can obviously uh, play around with this one too. Yeah, right. I I would go. I would go under okay. on that. All right, uh, game number one. Clue number one. In this game, you had an interception return for 31 yards. Clue number two. Robert Mm. Hodge, the opposing quarterback. I say his name because I am sure that you will not remember him. No. He was 18 of 37 with no touchdowns in this game. So, so far, you have an interception in this game. Right. For 31 yards return. Robert Hodge, the opposing quarterback, was 18-37 with no touchdowns. And it was the first of two times that you played this particular game that year. Yeah. That's that's the first meeting at home against Colorado. What year? 2002. Well, you made it really easy, a game that I had an interception in. <laughs> you know, it's not like I had 50 interceptions. Um, when did you, is that when you knew that it was the Colorado game, the interception return for 31 yards? Well, no, because I thought maybe it was O2 Texas. Cause I don't know like what the length of that return. Well, I had an interception in that game that had a, you know, a, a return in it. But whenever you said the quarterback's name was Hodge, I was like, that's gotta be Colorado. Okay. Uh, game number two in this game, you trailed 10 to nothing. After the first quarter. Clue number two. You then rattled off 31 unanswered points. Clue number three. The opponent that day had just five first downs all day long. Clue one. You trailed 10 nothing after the first quarter. Right. Clue two. Scored 31 unanswered. Clue three. Your opponent had just five first downs that day. So the final was 31-10. And we were down 10-0 to start off. The They only had five first downs. So I'm thinking that they probably scored like on a pick six or something like that. And 31-10. Now, was the final 31-10? The final was 31-10, yes. Okay. Because I was going to say, I thought the final for North Carolina was 41-10 in it. But we jump. Oh, let's see here. And you, what was the third one? The third clue? Uh, the opponent had just five first downs that day. Five first downs. 31-10. 10-0 lead. I will say that it's not North Carolina, but it is that same year. It's that same year. Oh, my gosh. It's, He's thinking. He's really stressing himself right now. Well, it's hard because, oh, no, they scored late. 
a lot of games we had we had big leads and teams scored like garbage touchdowns on us. But this is a 10-0 lead early. 0-1. This, this uh. is going to surprise you. Uh, uh, the light bulb just like looked like it went off, though. Maybe. Is it by chance Texas A&M? Texas A&M at oh, home wow. in 2001. What, that nice. was a straight guess. The over has hit. Yeah, you were down 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter against Texas blanking A&M, and they still only had five first downs that day. How did they score? Do you rem- I, I don't think it was off a pick six. I don't remember how they scored. I have to go back and, Must and, and look at a, that one. Must have been like a kickoff return or something. All right, uh, game number three. A lot of pressure here. Let's see if you can get a sweep. Okay. Jason White in this game was 16 of 18 for 263 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. 16 of 18, 200 – how many yards? 263 yards. 263 for five touchdowns? Five touchdowns and no interceptions. Almost a third of his passes were touchdowns? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Derek Strait had a scoop and score this particular game. Oh, Oh, a scoop and score. I was going to say, is this the A&M 77-0? But I thought Derek Strait's touchdown was an interception return. OU had 639 yards that day. The opponent had just 54. 54. J.Y. 16 of 18. What a day. D. Strait had a scoop and score. Um, so I don't think this would have been, I think this would have been 2003, um, if we would have ran the ball that much, but scored on that many pass plays. Hmm. Let's see. You're overthinking this one. You had the answer. Is it the yeah, A&M? Yeah, it is. It okay, is the Texas a I was wanted to see if you come Did, back to that or he not. He had a really had – Destray had a scoop and the score? The stat said scoop and score. Um, I, re, I mean, we all remember him scoring the touchdown because it was later on in the game, it felt like, when it was really like, oh, gee. I, I think like an A&M wide receiver got stripped of the ball and then he picked it gotcha. up and, and ran it in. Gotcha. But the funny thing about that game that I didn't realize until today, you know, normally when you beat someone – that bad. I mean, especially 77 to nothing. Oh, okay. Well, A&M had like five turnovers that day. Right. That was the only turnover that A&M had the entire day was that scoop and score. So if somehow the 77 to nothing loss could be even more embarrassing, it's the fact that they only had one turnover that day. You know, at least like be able to say, well, yeah, it was kind of you know, a little bit wet out there. We had six turnovers. The ball didn't bounce our way. You can't even use that excuse. You took care of the ball that day and still should have got beaten 100 to nothing. What a pathetic organization. We scored five touchdowns in the second quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Made it hurt, dude. Five touchdowns in the second quarter. It was was 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. At the end of the second quarter, it was 49-0. And how about this? How many did we score in the fourth quarter? Uh, you would have scored zero, right. right? I mean, there was a running clock that was happening. Zero scored zero points in the in the fourth quarter. That 
it's got to be rare to have to score five touchdowns in one quarter. Yeah, wow. against a conference opponent in the Big 12, <laughs> right. no less. I mean, if you're doing it against uh, Missouri State or someone right. like that, then okay. But, yeah, man. Yeah. I It, it just and, – and, and I'll never forget that that was the week after you guys beat Oklahoma State. And there was a thought out there by some radio host in this market that, uh, well, I, game. I, I, after that yeah. – uh, yeah, it's a trap game after that emotional victory over Oklahoma State. There's a natural letdown that's going to come against A&M. Eh, not exactly. I don't. That's not a. Uh, that's not an unreasonable take, well, though. It looks pretty unreasonable now. It it definitely does now. Um, I I just clicked on. There's a OU. It's on SoonerSports.com. There's an article uh, from that game. And the first thing I saw was a, a quote from Coach Stoops. It was an odd situation to be in. I believe in being decent to people. <laughs> you hear that, Mike Lupica? He was trying to be decent to A and M. He didn't have to rip it uh, like that. That's great. That is great. Yeah, in back-to-back weeks, we beat the teams that beat us the last year with a combined score of what would that be? 77 and 59 that was 129 be, to 9. Uh yeah, 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 52 not 59. Yeah. 52 to 9. <laughs> nice job. Nice. All right, that's that was good. That was fun. I don't know how it went on radio with me just sitting here trying to think out loud, but uh that was I good. I stumped the text line. I didn't stump you, but I stumped the text line. Yeah. People had like Tulsa 03. UNC uh, North Carolina OU was 42-24. I was at that one said Gunny. Yeah. Um I'll tell you what's interesting. I would have guessed, I would have said Texas A&M final answer if you just said Derek Strait scored a touchdown. The scoop and score, for some reason, threw me off. Uh, But uh, there you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Air Cover Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That was great. Do more. I don't have any. I only have three games, but text line, if you want to give three clues to a random game during Teddy's career or not during Teddy's career, uh, we'll play along with it today. I will. 39 be, days till kick. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. I will be way better at at guessing games 2012 to present than I will oh, I, that I, don't, I played. That I do not doubt. Uh, oh, I'm sure the talk more football crowd was fuming during the trivia. Probably. <laughs> well, that was kind of uh, talking some football there. Hey, I uh, real quickly, yeah. I read this article on that game from, from that, you know, right after the game. Uh, this is interesting. 
which, by the way, Jason White completed his first 15 passes in a row, um, which that's pretty impressive. I think your boy Noah Allen got to play that day against A&M. Uh, Paul Thompson definitely yeah, did. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. Yeah. Um, it says, Sooners defense put together one of its most dominant performances since the Switzer era. Texas A&M had more penalty yards, 63 then offensive yards, 54. Jeez. More punts, 12. Then first downs, 3. <laughs> none in the second half. And the Aggies didn't even cross their own 40 all game. Wow. <laughs> you know what? And when you have that type of performance going on, I'm sure that you were out of the game by midway in the third quarter, probably. I, I feel like we, we played like maybe – one or two series of the third quarter. And that's the thing about being a two-deep guy and going in after you guys. You, you kind of, you know, you have something special going on. Like, that was kind of your version of a perfect game. Right. You know, like you guys were the starting pitcher and you left the game after seven innings and you kind of had a perfect game going. And then you look to the reliever like, don't blow it. That was the second team defense that day. Like, We've got a memorable game, a memorable performance on our hands. Do not blow this. I'm sure they felt that pressure that yeah, day. We we had a bunch of games when I was there that were either shutouts or like we'd given up a field goal or something, and then late in the game, the, the twos would give up a, a touchdown or something, and there was nothing – that pissed off Mike Stoops more <laughs> than giving up a late touchdown with the second unit in the game. Messes with your numbers, man. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, just furious. That's funny. Text line 212 area code. I can see something similar in this year's Bama A&M game as to what happened in the 03 OU A&M game. I'm just saying Bama wins by 28 at the very least. It could get really ugly. I agree with that. I would say that this A&M version this year is quite a bit better much than better. that. Much better. Much was. different level of athlete than they had in 02. Yeah. So, uh, but or that 03, doesn't mean that that still may not happen. Uh, I, I Being in Tuscaloosa after losing the year before, A&M still has a quarter like they they don't have a quarterback yet. So, yeah, there's there's a chance that could happen. Teddy's uh sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they're they're fans, players, coaches, they're all going to be circling that one. Teddy's Tuesday trivia, it's a tongue twister, say that yeah. five times. Let's make this a thing. Get a caller to go head to head would be fire emoji. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, uh hearing lose. hearing anything on Tawie Walker, think he could be a breakout player. I like what I saw from him in the spring game. I'm not hearing a ton. I just – I think it's going to be really tough for Tawie Walker to break through with a ton of carries just because Eric Gray and Javante Barnes, I think, are your one and two to start the year. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Because um, you're also getting um, – oh, gosh, drawing a blank on his uh, – the kid from Colorado, the running back. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk. Sawchuk yeah. is coming in as well. It, it's going to be tough whenever you've got – already you've got three guys that are going to be competing for time and carries. Add in Sawchuk, which, I, you know, he's going to have to be something special to factor into that, and maybe he is. Uh, so it's, it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but 
going to be really tough. Is there any new news on Justin Harrington? We got that question yesterday. Um, looks like it may have been – no, it wasn't from the same person. But there's a lot of Justin Harrington intrigue. I, um, I, 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 I'm not going to totally rule out a situation where he ends up getting some you know, important snaps this year, but I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen at the, the front part of the season. Right, yeah. He, he has an uphill climb that few guys on the roster have, which is Britt Venables let him come back on the team, but he took away his scholarship and even made him change his jersey number. I mean, when you're talking about a dude that has to earn it back, he's had to, he's had to earn it back. Right. Yeah, going to be going to be tough. You know, I I'm not I'm not taking anything away from anyone, especially Justin Harrington. He's blessed with excellent size. He's a defensive back that's 6'3", you know, 210, 215 pounds. Incredibly explosive, incredibly athletic. But as we know, there's way more to it than that. And if if he locks in and and really puts in the work, really learns the defense, really uh, pushes himself in offseason conditioning, uh, does all of the right things, uh, he's a guy that can find a spot on the field. But, you know, that's a lot of ifs in there. And, you know, we this is his last opportunity at it. He's a, he's a senior, so... I don't know. I won't. I won't say that he doesn't have a chance because, just measurables wise, he's one of the most impressive football players on the team. So, we'll see what happens with it. All right. Three clues. Five hundred one area code. Sent this in. Mark Clayton with two receiving touchdowns. Eric Bassey with the game clinching defensive touchdown. I, I think I know up. this one. OU wins with negative rushing yards total. You got that's O two Bama. Yeah. Uh, you guys didn't have any rushing yards that day. Ugh. Guess not. Mm. Well, that long run by Ronaldo Works was a shovel pass, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, this is more Teddy Speed. Hint one: Gameplay January first, two thousand three, was played in Los Angeles. The opponent was Washington State. <laughs> Name that opponent. That's funny. <laughs> Name that opponent. Uh, Washington State? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. The Cougs. Lock it in. Yeah, that's good. Well, I did tell you that story from, like, the big Rose Bowl media availability. Someone said, what do you think about Pullman? And That's a dumb question to you. Right, which I had – I had no idea. I was you couldn't like, point it out on the map of the state of Washington where that was at. I didn't even know it was a, a that was where Washington State was. So I was like, I had like this panic because I thought he was asking me about a player. And I thought really hard about just going into like, oh, yeah, good, good player. You know, we've, you know, expect some good things from whatever. And then I was like, I don't know. I was like. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're asking. Like, what do you mean? He's like Pullman, Washington. It's where their the school is. I was like, oh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's a country boy from Fort Gibson. Hell, he uh, hadn't even been out of the county before. I almost said the Pullman kid. Yeah, <laughs> good player, really uh, good player. Okay, see, if, I, I I think I, I I'm like 99 percent sure I can get this one. Let's see if you can. 2001, 
OU scored 24 in the fourth quarter. Yep. Here's the real hit. Corey Heineke recovered a fumble and returned it 69 yards for a touchdown. That is not a joke. Uh, some people say it's the greatest fumble recovery and touchdown of all time. Was that a, the real thick six? A 69-yard thick six is maybe the best ever. That's Air Force. Yep, it was Air Force. Yeah, you got. You have to. I'm I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. You have to have more subtle hints. You can't you can't put in plays that are like season season type of highlights. You know what I'm saying? Be a little more subtle in there. 2002 OU versus South Florida. South Florida had more first downs, 18 to 15. Total yards, 328 to 239. Yards per play, 4.2 to 3.6. Sooners still won, 31-14. South Florida was very early on in their uh, football program. Um, they were one of the Selmans was running the program at the time, right? Wasn't he the AD at South Florida? Yeah, that may be right. Uh, and not just that, the uh, oh. Gosh, why am I drawing a blank? He was he was a linebacker coach at Kansas State. When, oh yeah, you end up being the head coach there. You're talking about um, oh my gosh, I can't. I, I can picture his face. I was face. just it thinking about so, him. He looks so angry. He looks like an emoji. Coach Stoops brought, was talking about him the other day. Whenever um, you were asking about recruiting Coach Venables, um, but anyways, uh, it was a well coached team. I'm literally about to get it in five seconds. Yeah. Jim Levitt, yes. Yep. Boom. Jim Levitt. And they, they had some good players on that team. Um, I can remember. I was on the – I was on the uh, – there was a couple of players from on the Buffalo Bills that were from that team. So, yeah, that that's weird. I don't remember much from that game, though, of why the score is like it is. Yeah. Um, South Florida ended up getting pretty good. I think at one point, maybe they got all the way up to number two in the country one year. Yeah. That may have been that crazy 2007 season where LSU won the title with two losses. Yeah. Was that was that game he's talking about 2003? 2002 was when oh, that was. I think that was one of the old uh, – you used to play some games on the TBS Superstation. Oh, nice. <laughs> my, my how far we've come from the isn't TBS that, isn't days. Isn't that funny? How that uh, – so weird how some of those things – you look back and it's like, really? We are playing on like bad cable? Weird. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Uh, Teddy's eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, real quickly here, just have uh, two of them. Number one, pretty interesting, Julio Jones. Yeah. Signing a one-year deal with uh, with Tampa Bay. Thought that that was, uh, was really interesting. And then, this is crazy. Um, on a flight, a, a flight attendant, like during their break, was going to have some food. And I guess they had, you know, catering on the on the flight or whatever, like they typically do. A severed snake head was in the plate of food. Oh God, what? How does that even happen? Well, the only thing I can think of is that it was like mixed in with 
like the lettuce or whatever whenever it got picked and the head got cut off in the lettuce and never got sorted out somehow, but doesn't matter. Absolutely disgusting. I, I would I'm sure the airline didn't do anything either. Ah, sorry, we can't get you a free flight voucher. Sorry for that. Well, she worked there, but they apparently have uh severed their ties with the catering food service that was that was on there, so Oh, it's just disgusting. Yeah, that is uh that's highly disgusting. Um, I've got several here. First off, remember the incident in Waco back in 2017 when Baker told the uh, players from Baylor, uh, I'm going to have to show you who daddy is today? We all remember that, yeah. right? Yeah, of Matt course. Rule, who was the Baylor head coach at the time, was uh, asked about that. Learning all sorts of new things on the show today. Had no idea that was Charlie Brewer. Uh, Least likely suspect, too, to be honest. There's nothing better than uh, low-key starting a fight and being able to dip out uh, unnoticed, right? That's the best thing to do. Uh, People are texting us left and right about the Choco Taco being discontinued. We did address it yesterday, but since so many people are bringing it up, I'll bring it back up again today. And I got to think now that uh, Miguel Chavis is your favorite coach on staff after he tweeted out yesterday, y'all got rid of Blockbuster? I bit my tongue. Payphones, Toys R Us, and the Dodo Bird made extinct? Okay, fine. But you've crossed the line now. This, this is too much. That was in reference to Choco Tacos being discontinued after 40 years. It's a deep frustration. As soon as I got home last night, my wife is like, hey, did you hear? <laughs> I was like, what? What happened? She's like, no more Choco Tacos. I was like, yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I thought about writing a eulogy last night. Um, you should have. That would have been awesome. But uh, that would require more work than I'm willing well, to do. that's true. Um, today, Some things are best left unsaid. Today is Tommy McDonald's birthday, who is a Sooner legend. Won a couple titles here. Was also a two-time All-American in 1955 and 1956. A six-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. He is enshrined in both the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2018 Mm. at the age of 84. But the cool thing, and loyal listener uh, Douglas Miles up there in Iowa pointed this out, which is pretty cool, Tommy McDonald is the last non-kicker to play without a face mask in the NFL. The last non-kicker to not wear a face mask in the NFL was Tommy McDonald. Wow. Hashtag tough guy. I love it. Uh, also, not mentioned in there, uh, I believe, totally robbed of a Heisman Trophy, right? Yeah, he finished third in the voting uh, in 1956, I believe. Yeah, and the guy that won it that year was the dude from Notre Dame, and they right? had, like, all those losses. Yeah, they were, yeah. Like, they were like, you know, four and six or something that year. 
Ridiculous. Uh, there were a lot of uh, celebratory tweets today from various players on the roster because it looks like summer workouts at OU are officially in the books. And as Nick Anderson, wow. freshman wide receiver, said today, summer workouts officially in the books. I'm convinced I can do anything. <laughs> Laughing emoji. That's awesome. That's the point right there. And uh, quickly before we hit a timeout, I had to look into that South Florida game. Yeah. Uh, this is the exact scenario that I'm talking about. It's 31-14 was the final. It was 31-0 in the fourth quarter. And with a minute 59 left, they scored a touchdown. And with five seconds left, they scored oh, another touchdown. Ooh, Mike Stoops did not have a uh, very good Saturday night. Yeah, mm. there's some interesting stats in there. Like, at first, I was like, God, you know, rushing yards, they rushed the ball for more than us. They rushed the ball 34 times for 61 yards. It's not like they ran the ball very good, and we're 6 of 20 on third down. Uh, but it is interesting that Oklahoma couldn't run the ball on them, 33 rushes for 45 yards. But uh, like I said, that defense for South Florida is actually pretty good. Kavika Mitchell was on there. So. Yeah. Uh, 918, real quick, I had a – Choco Taco from our neighborhood ice cream truck. He said the Choco Taco is his number one bestseller. He was super upset, and so am I. It's weird. I don't understand. If it sells so good, why is it discontinued? Fascinating. All right. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Tuesday. I'm going to read you a text I got earlier today from a uh, a guy I know that does radio in the state of Arkansas and covers the Razorbacks. Okay. He says, and I asked him, like, hey, are fans up there thinking that Arkansas OU is going to turn into anything? You know, whatever. He said, dude, West Arkansas fans hate OU. I'm thinking it will be fun. They're too close to campus for it not to be. Yeah. West Arkansas fans hate OU. Huh. I've slowly have gathered this over the uh, you know previous six months or so now that we're inching closer to the SEC move, but as a kid that grew up in western Oklahoma, I never thought about Arkansas ever, ever. Never had an opinion of Arkansas. But apparently Arkansas has quite the opinion of OU. Yeah, that's that's funny. West Arkansas people hate OU. If Fayetteville was any further west, it would be included with the <laughs> Tahlequah Metroplex. Seriously, it okay. Would. So I that's know. that's kind of interesting. In Tulsa, closer to Fayetteville than it is Norman. I think it may be. I'm sure. Yeah, 
you take what is it uh, four twelve straight east out of out of uh, Tulsa and like I think Lake I don't think it takes that long at all to an get an hour or less away from from Fayetteville. Yeah. But apparently the fans in that corner of the state hate OU. It's so huh. weird. I don't right. I don't know. You haven't played enough times to generate any sort of hate, but maybe I mean they got to hear from OU fans on that side of the state. I, I don't know. That's I found that interesting. Probably I mean that's probably it. Just uh what is that inferiority complex a little bit or something? Got to be. Surely they're not still hung up about the 2001 Cotton Bowl. Doubtful. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time. Very doubtful. Um, it's interesting whenever someone despises you and you've spent no time even knowing that they really even existed. Nor should OU have Which, spent any time. Hey, I like Arkansas. I got no problem with Arkansas. Um, I think they've got good uniforms. I do think it's dumb that they have two stadiums. That's I will say that, admittedly. Um, but I'm I'm glad their basketball program is back and doing well. Um, baseball program, obviously, uh, cooking. I got no problems with Arkansas. Well, okay, and I think that most fans are going to have that type of mentality the first time OU plays the Hogs in football of like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, this will be a fun little trip or a fun little game. Like, yeah, cool, Arkansas, whatever. And they're going to come in like all aggressive. We hate you. We're here to kick your ass. You know, I I feel like the dynamic between the two fan bases might be uh, quite a bit different the first time they play. Yeah. Arkansas won't be there just to have a good time. We'll take it very seriously. I, I – I think Oklahoma fans will adapt quickly because, you know, this is going to be a bit of a kind of like a reverse uh, Happy Gilmore situation. Like OU is going to be going to the SEC to where uh, it's all a rock concert. Uh, damn you people, go back to your shanties. That's what it's going to feel like at first, but that's going to be everyone, everywhere you go. I think we'll adapt quickly because – the Big 12 has been really, really tame for a long time. All right, quick time.